Liz Tahura, if it's Wednesday, we're getting our Liz Tahura Masterclass. Uh, is that, good is that, morning, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> good morning. I, I do love this and I, I could say it every week, but I, um, I learned a lot from you and the team at BDSA. What are we going to learn today? Uh, I thought we'd talk a little bit about CBD today. Yeah. It's uh, some updated forecast. So that's great because um, actually yesterday on Business of Cannabis, our official law firm posted something about really about the future of how Health Canada is thinking about CBD in particular for like they're calling them cannabis health products and what that may mean for the sector, I think, is the unknown. But you're going to help us know some of that, I think, and hope. We have some thoughts on that. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's get into it. All right, so I thought we'd chat a little bit about CBD today. Uh, we've talked a lot about the market potential for the full legal cannabis, um, Jay. And I thought today would be fun to uh, take a little bit of an opportunity to look at and focus specifically on CBD. Uh, the BDSA CBD forecasts were recently updated and they are now available in updated form for the US, the UK, and for Canada, of course. Um, our clients are able to purchase access to the full models, which are fully interactive, um, and they actually detail uh, 12 major distribution channels and 10 product categories across those three countries. Um, a few slight shifts, obviously, in the product categories based on the region. Uh, but you can view spending and share either by product category, cross-referenced by the channels, um, or vice versa channels cross-referenced by the categories. Um, really important to talk about the, uh, the major groups that we look at when we, when we think about our cannabis forecasts. Um, those top three kind of tier levels are cannabis, uh, general, retail, and pharmacies. Uh, so cannabis in Canada, of course, is the majority of the uh, vast majority of the sales and categories, that's going to be your licensed legal cannabis shops um, and medical providers. In the U.S., cannabis uh, refers to the dispensary channel, whether that be adult use or medical. And we'll take a little bit of a look at some of the U.S. numbers here in a minute. Um, and the general retail, of course, uh, small to non-existent today in the uh, Canadian marketplace. Uh, but we can take a look at what's happening in the U.S. to get a little bit of a preview and a sense of, um, to your point, Jay, what might happen in the CBD market if and when uh, THC and CBD are decoupled within the Canadian regulatory system. Uh, then third and um, certainly still important is the, the pharmacy channel. Uh, that's going to be your prescription uh, and, uh, and pharmacy pharmacological, a pharmaceutical, excuse me, um, channel there. So this data comes from um, a pretty robust top-down and bottom-up market model. I'm not going to spend the limited time we have today going into those details, uh, but rest assured it is, uh, it is quite detailed, lots of data sources going in, uh, combination of BDSA proprietary data, our partners, IRI, uh, partners up in Canada, of course, the BDSA retail sales tracking data, as we all know, in partnership with Buddy, um, as well as some other uh, secondary data sources as well. Uh, so as I mentioned, we just updated these forecasts. And similar to the U.S. and Canada, um, we, did, we did see a minor impact of COVID-19 
in the forecast. Um, however, the bigger change was in channel mix and in for Canada specifically and uh, moving out that, um, that shift in channel mix a little bit farther. Right now, general retail accounts for um, right around three or less percent of the entire cannabis market, or excuse me, the entire CBD market for 2020. And that of course is because of the, the regulatory framework that exists in Canada. Um, interesting to note that of course in the US there are still some regulatory challenges, uh, but there seems to be a little bit more of a willingness, at least for the smaller brands, uh, to still play within that space and a little bit of a, um, of a gray area. As I, as I mentioned, we do update these forecasts every six months, so we'll be watching the market pretty closely. Um, and pretty important to call out, right now the forecasts do assume um, a decoupling of the THC and the CBD markets for Canada um, sometime in 2022. Um, obviously, as, as you've been discussing with others uh, within the industry, that's a bit of a of a moving target, so keeping an eye on uh, on what that's going to look like moving forward, of course, will be really important. Um, that bottom line, of course, the uh, the 2025 CBD forecast for Canada um, is up to over two billion uh, by 2025. So there's a lot of good reason to be optimistic um, about that CBD opportunity. When we look at uh, cannabinoid consumers, so consumers who are consuming um, any of these forms and formats of cannabis plant and uh, whether that be THC, CBD, or of course, of course other cannabinoids, 76% uh, of those users or consumers are utilizing CBD, um, whether it be only CBD or most commonly, of course, over half uh, utilizing both cannabis and CBD. Uh, when we break down those CBD consumers specifically, uh, pretty important to call out that almost half are utilizing hemp-derived CBD only. Um, of course, in the U.S., that translates into the general retail channel. Uh, in Canada, I think that points to, again, a continued opportunity uh, for expanding out that market as the Canadian market is able to expand into additional retail channels outside of, uh, of just the, the medical channel and the regulated or licensed CBD store, or excuse me, cannabis stores. When we're talking about the US, so promised I give a little bit of a preview of the US numbers as well. Uh, we do see deregulation on the horizon. We do see uh, the general retail sales channel continue to gain momentum. Um, by 2025, the, the BDSA forecast for general retail uh, for CBD uh, tops 13 billion um, in spite of some of those regulatory challenges. Um, so right now the, the BDSA forecast do assume uh, that the um, FDA approval of CBD as a food additive is going to be coming through in either late 2021 or sometime in 2022, just like with Canada, keeping a very close eye on that regulatory landscape. Uh, we've talked about some of the general retail product trends in the past, Jay, and it's worth revisiting and just reminding uh, for our partners over at IRI do track the, the general retail sales within the U.S., um, seeing sales really just getting going um, and still limited, of course, by the FDA's lack of movement thus far on food and beverage products. Uh, still plenty of players in the market, lots of brands and products being sold. 
Uh, but many of the largest potential players are still sitting on the sidelines uh, waiting for that full approval from the FDA, um, but still seeing, as you can see, very, very strong growth. So what does that mean big picture for the US? By 2025, we're looking at a $50 billion market um, across all cannabinoids. That does include the dispensary channel. And as you can see, um, a very significant portion of that from the THC products in licensed dispensaries, about 30 billion there uh, from those THC products, another 5 billion coming from other cannabinoids and licensed dispensaries. Um, yes, CBD, uh, but other cannabinoids as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of pretty significant emerging market with other cannabinoids that we're keeping a close eye on. Of course, that 13 billion that we just discussed from general retail um, and then the uh, the prescription pharmacy channel as well in the US. A uh, couple of interesting notes when talking about the dispensary channel within the US right now. So kind of interesting to see where we are uh, today, uh, perhaps give a few, a few hints as to some of the opportunities for, for the Canadian market as 2.0 products um, and CBD products continue to get their legs under them within the Canadian marketplace. Uh, so in the U.S., CBD products uh, are really only capturing about 7% dollar share uh, within the dispensary channel. However, if you narrow that band down and just look at um, essentially 2.0 products, uh, so ingestibles, uh, tinctures, beverages, candy, cookies, et cetera, et cetera, beverages, of course, uh, CBD products are capturing um, only 30% of the dollar sales when we look at that category. Uh, and then if you look across the entire US, uh, we do see about 33% of adults 21 plus in the US are CBD consumers. Um, so again, looking at uh, a bit of a tipping point within the US, and I do think a tipping point in the horizon for the Canadian market as well, um, as we watch some of these market conditions evolve. We've talked about the multifaceted uses for cannabis before. Uh, CBD and THC uh, both do see uh, pretty interesting um, con configurations of usage and, and reasons and need states for consuming uh, cannabis. This of course is for general cannabis. Uh, so a good point out that about 60% of consumers are seeking health benefits from cannabis consumption regardless of whether they're focusing on CBD um, or THC, or quite frankly, if they don't know the difference between the two, <laughs> just looking for a cannabis product um, just in general. Um, also worth pointing out, as I mentioned, with these, the opportunity with additional cannabinoids, you know, the spectrum doesn't just stop with CBD and THC. Um, you think about CBN and their sleep benefits there, um, and also, as we've mentioned in, in prior uh, discussions, Jay, that one of the number one claimed reason for or benefit for edible consumption is to sleep better. Uh, so aligns quite nicely with the opportunity for CBN. And we're already starting to see that play out um, in the regulated market um, with, with products starting to, uh, to focus on that cannabinoid. Uh, managing stress, another top benefit of consumption, um, and also seeing um, cannabinoids coming out and gaining momentum with perceived benefits for stress, anxiety, and depression, really. So I believe we'll continue to see uh, this focus on additional cannabinoids outside of just CBD and THC. 
we know CBD consumers are drawn to CBD for wellness benefits. Um, also, what could be considered recreational benefits, which would be, you know, relaxing to be mellow. Those are some of those uh, crossover um, health or benefits to the product that we've discussed before. Um, certainly a higher percentage of CBD consumers are reporting thinking about health and wellness uh, than your general cannabis consumer. I uh, would say that topicals are most likely uh, to be consumed for pain um, and on other health issues, while consumers seeking for sleep aid or relaxation are probably more likely or are more likely to turn to ingestible products uh, based on our consumer research. Would say that again, based on the consumer research, and this, this continues to speak to the opportunity within the expansion of these retail channels, uh, the majority of CBD consumers, even in the US, still do report purchasing products in the cannabis retail channel, uh, dispensary channel in the US. Of course, um, can't leave a session without throwing in a couple of retail sales tracking nuggets, as we have, as we know, just um, launched into Alberta and British Columbia with our retail sales tracking data. Um, so that so in BC, Jay, um, almost 30% of beverages sold in BC so far this year have CBD um, included uh, within the mix, um, about 20% in Alberta. Uh, so already seeing strong indications that there is interest in the CBD products uh, within the Canadian consumer base. Um, and also candy is uh, almost 30% of, of edibles sold in Alberta um, contain CBD as well in the candy category. Um, so thinking about those edibles, ingestibles for that sleep aid, um, and um, certainly um, we'll be watching closely to see um, how those products continue to filter into the market and, um, and how those sales trends play out. Yeah. I mean, it, it's striking, Liz, to, to look um, at all that information is, is, is just so um, compelling from an industry perspective that the industry is, you know, we, we generally look at the overall number and we talk about sort of what it's going to look like on the Canadian side, you know, in 2025. But the chunk that is, is going to be CBD only, like going from very little now, just because the sales channels, and the regulations don't really make it viable from a business perspective yet. But if they did and when they do the floodgates are really going to open. Yeah, we believe clearly um, based on that $2.4 billion uh, forecast and, and some of the things we've seen in the U.S. and the, uh, the, uh, the forecast we see in the U.S., we see a lot of opportunity with CBD. And again, don't forget the other cannabinoids. You know, CBD really is the tip of the spear uh, when it comes to these functional benefits and thinking about cannabis as a functional ingredient. Yeah, it, it's interesting because... Um, you look, you know, if you if you overlay a couple of those slides and look at a calendar, right? I think you said the U.S. looking at 2021, 2022, right? And Canada, sort of your projections looking at 2022 is when not the floodgates are going to open, but the regulations may change, even if they look at it really the deep a deep dive next year with the regulations coming to effect the year after. We're really looking at like 2022 potentially being, you know, the North American C the year of North American CBD products really just. Not going mainstream because I think they're pretty mainstream, but really, you know, the regulatory environment, the demand, and and I think probably on the production side, all really hitting their stride in a really real way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I've heard, and I'm sure you have as well. Um, the CBD 
movement and discussion being sort of discussed as cannabis 3.0 uh, for the Canadian market. And, and certainly um, we, we believe that as well. There's, there's a significant opportunity coming down the pipeline uh, with, these, with these shifts and changes in the marketplace. Yeah. And if I was a Canadian hemp farmer or would-be hemp farmer, I would look at the U.S. and say, we need to get in on that, right? Because it, <laughs> because it's, you know, it's, I don't know a lot about hemp farming, but I know that you can do it in Canada and do it really well. And there are lots of people doing it on the East Coast, West, you know, in the Plains, all those things. And I really think, you know, gearing up for this industry, what it's going to look like two years hence is, is uh, super exciting, but only if you can be guided by folks like uh, BDSA and, and follow where the data is now and where it's going. Absolutely. That's our goal. Shine a headlight into the future. Luckily, I get to check in with you every Wednesday to get to get that headlight uh, tuned up, uh, looking even further into the future. So so thanks so much, Liz, and the team at BDSA, because this is super helpful as we uh, as we plot the future. Awesome. Thanks so much, Shay. Great. Thanks. <laughs>